0: Calm down for Graspop. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. I don't wanna go up, don't wanna go up.
1: Welcome to the Toys R Us report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Want to be like him? you got to wait your turn. Some suckers don't like him, but that's not his concern. He's your host, Icy Robots.
0: Greetings Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week... This week, it is going to get so much less week because we are going to take it back to the old school. And we are going to do it. We're going to do it toy style. We're going to talk about a, uh, a toy line that uh, does not get all the respect it should have gotten back when it was out. It is known as James Bond Jr. So with all that said, let's get moving into the show. Hit it. Here off this
1: stone. The You never think about when you're out of here. Podcasts and videos out of here. Fan page and MySpace out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Nobody's safe, chump. Keep
0: your hoodie on and your boots laced. That is, in fact, sound advice. Keep those hoodies on and your boots laced. You never know. You never know what's going to happen, man. You never know. You might get overrun by moon zombies, slendermans, uh, just whatever, dude. It's like, you always got to be ready. You always got to, always got to be on guard. Keep your blaster and your, uh, lightsaber with you at all of the times. I, I, myself, I do. Cause just, you never know, man. You never know when something's going to go popping off. So I always got, I always got my level one blaster at my hip at any rate, This past weekend, uh, Sunday, you know, I was down, I was down on Earth, and we got, we got invited to a breakfast waffle party, uh, at a friend of ours house. He, he's been married for a bit, and they just had their first child, and I've known this, I've known this chap for, geez, a good, good 25 years now. I'm I'm not even exaggerating. I've known this guy since, you know, since forever, forever ago, and I, I like him. He's a good guy. He is... A truly great guy. He has a great wife who is just so nice and so sweet. And he has a lovely baby who, you know, has a smile that just lights up the earth. Just a fantastic, fantastic family. And I think they're great. And they invited us over. They recently bought a house. They bought their first house. And they invited us over to a waffle party. And it was also, like, a birthday party. And there was going to be, you know, various people there. And I... You might find this hard to believe, but I am—I'm not the most social of all the dudes in in the world. I—I I like my routines. I like what I'm doing up on Jupiter. I like doing the show. I like going to the flea market, and I like—I like just doing what I'm doing. And I—I I get kind of bent out of shape when something gets thrown uh, that's you know a bit out of the ordinary. And getting invited to a party is a bit out of the ordinary for me, especially. I know this guy, and I know a lot of his similar friends they're you know friends of my brothers, they're friends of mine they're people that I know, but I don't know you know i don't I don't know the wider social circle and I was a bit I was a bit hesitant to go over i knew I knew that I wanted to go and be supportive, and that he wanted you know he wanted to show what he had, and I wanted to go and witness it myself and be supportive to him, but at the same time i I was, you know, I don't know, man. I was a bit anxious, I had trepidations, but I found the inner reserves to go, and it was a rainy day, man, it was, we are getting, I think I've talked about this the past few weeks, but we're getting flooded like a mug, I'm not even exaggerating, it's not raining the last time I was down there, but Earth, as far as, as far as the Earth Bay, Santa Rosa area, there are floods all up the yang i'm not even exaggerating there are highway floodings highways are falling in people are dying it is real it is crazy real out here and this morning this morning i mean sunday morning when we had the party it was it was coming down hard and we decided hey you know we got to represent we got to keep it real we got to go but first we stopped off at the flea market they were there was like an indoor flea market that day over at the veterans building These indoor flea markets are very small, and you always want to go check it out to see what's there, but it's very small, and the room is just, it's jam-packed full of people. While we were there, I did actually come up on a few things that I think are neat. I got, like, eight packs of, uh, Saturday Night Fever cards, you know, like, uh, Donruss, Donruss collector cards, movie cards, I got eight packs of those that I'm gonna bust open, and I got, I got a book on Savat. The French art of foot boxing. I love old martial arts books. That's something I, I've always been into. I love the pictures of people doing these crazy moves to each other, you know, in demonstration form. I just love it. So I got, I got a book on the French art of foot boxing, and I got some other stuff. It was okay. We had a nice time. It was a quick in and out. But then we headed over to, over to the party, and when we got there. I did not know a soul. I knew my friend, and I knew his wife. And actually, I knew his brother and his wife. They were there, too. But they were they were in the kitchen on cooking duty, so I didn't get to socialize with them that much. But I did not know a soul. This was This was one of those situations where it wasn't, like, the inner circle of friends that I know. This was, like, the wider circle of, like, work people and other people like that and... Everybody was nice. I am not saying in any way that anyone was not a nice, good person. But it's one of those situations where you go in there and you go immediately, this, this is not, not for me. And it's not their fault. It's my fault. I, I get weird about it. And anyway, I, you know, I did my best to project like, you know, that I was, you know, that I was happy and that I was being social. And I made the best of the situation. I did. I absolutely came through like a champ, and I made the best of the situation, we had, we had a good time, I got to hold the baby, and, but what did happen is I came to this realization that should have been obvious a long time ago, and that, uh, this realization is such, I am a weirdo, I, I wasn't, I wasn't fully aware how much of a weirdo I was until I was at this party, and I heard people talking about how Like palm oil kills jungle gorillas and the best places to get like organic blueberries and all of their kids were on, you know, iPads and just the whole thing made me go, you are not like everyone else. And I'm not sure if you are not like everyone else in a good way or a bad way. I don't think it's a bad way. I think it's a good way. But I'm not sure, and the the second we walked out of the door of the party, I turned over, it was me, 2.0, and the old wife, and I, I turned over, and I said, I never realized it till right now. We are weirdos. And 2.0 looked at me, and she goes, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, nobody's house is like our house. Our house is not in any way a hoarder's house. We are very well-kept house, but... You know, we have old, weird stuff everywhere. I guess you would say, to some degree, we're antique collectors. I like to think we have retro stuff, but we have stuff everywhere. And she's like, nobody's house is like that. Nobody has movie posters framed, you know, Escape from New York movie posters. Nobody has VHS cassettes lying all around. I go to people's houses and it is not at all like that. And I go, do your friends think I'm a weirdo? And she goes, yeah, they do, but they like you. They think you're nice. They think you're cool. And I, they spend a lot of time here. We're the house where everybody seems to be at all the time. When school's out, there's always, you know, her and a few of her friends here, which is fine. I like it. I like to know what they're up to. They don't bother me at all. It's great. But she told me that they, you know, they all think I'm a weirdo. Like a nice weirdo, but a weirdo nonetheless. And that's interesting to me because I never, I never... I guess I never realized it to the degree that I might be, and I don't want to say that I was shooken up, because that's not the right way to put it. But I was, I did think about this for the next few days, that people uh, might look at me and be like, who's this weirdo? And I do have to admit that uh, over the past, I haven't got a haircut in like a year. For some reason I decided I'm going to grow my hair out. So my hair is long... I have a beard. I usually have a beard. That's not weird, but with, like, the winter months, I don't, I don't shave that much. You know, I let it, I let it go to kind of protect me from, you know, the frozen tundras of, of Santa Rosa, but I, I don't know what to say, man. I had this realization that I might be, I might be a weirdo. The other day, this actually came up. I was, I'd gotten up and I was walking around. I had a robe and I'm walking through the house and my wife looks at me and goes, you look like the dude from Lebowski. I don't think I had to say from Lebowski. I think if I say the dude, you guys know who I'm talking about. But she's like, you, you kind of look like the dude. And I guess if you have the freedom, you know, Pooptronics allows me the freedom to uh, look like the dude, I guess. So I guess I do. But um, I don't know. And then when I'm talking to the wife about how this weirdo status is kind of, kind of affecting my mind. She's like, well, you know what? Every once in a while, you do gotta go and see what the other people are up to, just to g- get kind of a reality check. And she's like, I guess you got one. And you might you might have thought you were keeping it real before, but you were actually you were actually keeping it weird. But hey, man, I you gotta live your life. You know, you gotta live life in a way that makes you happy. You don't want to bother anyone, or you know, just anything like that. But you do have to live life in a way that makes you happy. And I do feel like overall, I am happy and. In general, I don't give a flip what people think, but just, uh, just getting out there and getting that reality check, man. It was, it was something. I'm curious. Do you guys feel as if you are weirdos? Because I, I get the idea that a lot of you guys are into similar things, you know. You maybe don't collect VHS tapes, but you probably collect toys. You probably have a room with, uh, action figures hanging on the wall, you may have framed movie posters if you have the space and the inclination. you may be of a similar vein, so I don't know man. I'm just be curious do you ever do you ever fixate on the idea that you might be a weirdo? Hit me up uh on twitter at i c robots that's i s e e robots as if I am looking off in the horizon and I see a horde of Ultrons. i see robots uh hit me up. Let me know, man. I'm curious. Go over to facebook.com backslash IC robots and uh, suckers need to know, man. Fools wanna know. Let's uh with all that, let's move into the next section of the show. Matt eh, the movies. Check
1: one, two. The return of the boom bat means just that. It means the return of the real hard beats and toy chat. the silly sucker wants his champion belt but like a microwave these days he make a melt he never crossed over never went pop you know ISR will give you real toy talk in a moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper but you got Icy Robot so that's something right? Who is that maybe she can help us
0: he's not well 23 identities live inside of kevin you're not the guy that took us aren't you the clever one this january my name is jade this is what we have to do the group are going to work through this the 24th will be unleashed someone's coming for you
1: split rated PC 13
0: uh, uh. Uh, the tape fell out, tape fell out of the player, uh, you know, it is really nice of the studio to send me these in VHS, send me the, the trailers in VHS in my preferred format, I really do appreciate that they go to the effort, they go to the, I appreciate they go to the effort to get them up here to Jupiter, that's, that's big of them too, the, the first movie I saw this week, we're gonna have two, I hope that's all right, we're gonna have two reviews, the other one, Probably won't be that long, but I do have some thoughts about that. But we'll we'll get to that when the time is right. The first movie I saw this week was a movie known as Split. Split is the latest from M. Night Shyamalan. I am I'm a big fan of M. Night's. Well, you know I am a big fan. I was gonna say maybe not a big fan, but I think I think the truth is that I am a big fan. I see all of his movies usually on opening weekend and. While every one is not a home run, I do think that in every one, he is swinging for a home run. And when you go up there, when you go to the plate and you're trying to knock one out of the park, you will more often than not get sent down to the bench with a K, with a strikeout. And our boy here, he does strike out from time to time, but this is not one of them. This is one that maybe doesn't go out of the park but it does it does hit the corner bounce around a bit and enable the uh batter to get a triple it's a good movie split was split was pretty fun it is the story of three girls who get kidnapped by a dude with multiple uh personality disorder he has i think they say in the movie he has 23 different personalities even though you only see a few of them in the movie the The villain is played by James McAvoy, who you might know as young Professor X in the X-Men movies. In the, like, X-Men first class and such. He plays, he plays Professor X. He's the one that is not confined to a wheelchair. At one point he is, but in general he is not. And in this one he has to take just many different, many different roles. He has one personality who's a woman. He has one who is... A real, like, uh, a tight-laced guy. He has one who's a fashion designer. And he's really chewing scenery in this. And he's chewing it well. It's a lot of fun to watch him go from personality to personality to personality and then back again. And on top of all that, you have a very creepy movie of teenage girls in peril. They, They get snatched from the mall and immediately, you know, locked into a room and then eventually separated into different rooms and the peril they feel as if they are in a perilous position and they they really send it out there the movie gave me the creeps the very beginning when he has them all locked up uh having a teenage daughter myself i i got the creeps i i am always telling her you know you gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel when you are out there in the world. There are a lot of weird dudes, and there are a lot of bad people. And you just gotta keep your head on the swivel. You gotta be aware of what's going on. You gotta gotta keep keep looking around. You gotta just. Ugh, I don't even. I'm I'm, getting, I'm giving myself the willies just thinking about this. Let's let's hop on over to tomatoes, and we will see some of the. Some of the details. Right now it is at 75% with the critics and 83 with the audience with an average rating of four out of five. And let's see, let's tap around a bit here and get some of the other pertinence. The movie is 116 minutes. It plays it plays short, but it does drag a bit at the end. It is currently made forty million dollars. Nice. It stars James McAvoy, Anna Taylor-Joy, Betty Buckley, and Haley Lou Richardson, who I have recently taken a liking to. She was in The Bronze. She was... The Bronze is that movie with Melissa Rauch from Big Bang Theory, where she's a gymnast. She's a foul mouth gymnast, and Haley uh, plays her protege in that movie. She was good in that. And then, she was in the movie we talked about last week, Edge of Seventeen, and she was terrific in that, too. I think this... This girl really, like, conveys this wholesomeness, like, she's, like, upbeat, like a cheerleader, like, she's gonna take on the world, and in this movie, she's the one who keeps, keeps saying, you know, they have to fight back, and they have to try to escape, and blah, 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 and I like her, I would, I would keep an eye on, on good old Haley uh, Richardson, but what else, what else is there to say? At the end, you get Shamalad. they... There is not per se a twist at the end. I'm not going to say it's like the sixth sense where all of a sudden they flip the script and everything is different, but they throw something at you at the end that if you are a fan of M. Night's movies, you will, uh, you'll be excited. I, I actually clapped when they revealed it. I tap, 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 put my hands together and I, I did it. I was excited. The lady sitting in front of us turned around and gave me their dirtiest look. And I'm like, what? I can't clap at a movie. I'm supposed to sit here silently when I'm watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie. This one, this is a cool movie, man. I don't, I don't know if you have to rush out and see it at the theater, per se, because it's, it will play just as well at your house. It's creepy. It's interesting. There is some good acting. It's not, you know, Manchester by the Sea or Moonlight, but it's definitely fun. It's definitely cool. And it leads into something at the end that has me has me really excited. I think that I will go ahead and give a split uh, 3.5 mics on the source meter, a solid 3.5 mics.
1: mics. Let's see if we It's about to
0: go down. Kingdom. I told you it's fun to have around. i have a plan now no, no. <laughs> i make the plans.
1: i'm
0: new this is a team i could work with uh, 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 uh. whoa
1: i can fix that
0: And then the second movie we saw this week was a movie known as Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. It stars Vin Diesel, my main man, Vin Diesel. Now, I must admit, I have not seen either of the other two Xander Cage movies. I don't know, man. I just didn't. It's only it's only been in the past few years that I've really begun to appreciate the talent of Vin Diesel. It's only been the last few years that Vin Diesel has become one of my main dudes. So... When I started seeing trailers and whatever for this, I I thought, like, this movie, it looks ludicrous. It is so, it's so over-the-top ludicrous that it must be, it must be something like Fast and Furious. And it is, but it's not at the same time. This movie was, this movie was interesting. It has a very, it has a very diverse cast. There is a uh, Korean pop star in the movie. There is a Brazilian soccer player. There is Michael Bisping, the current uh, UFC middleweight champion. There is a famous Bollywood actress. There's Tony Jaa. There's Donnie Yen. There's Vin Dees. There's Ruby Rose. And it's just... uh, When you mix them all together, you get a... You get a very interesting movie and I was struck with how it seemed as if they had a star for every, every region of the globe. Like when they take this movie and they play it in China, they can put Chris Wu on the poster. And when they put it in, uh, Brazil, they can put the soccer star. And when they play it, you know, over in whatever place, they can put whatever dude because they have a dude from like every place. It's really interesting. I've never seen a movie that was so commercial in that sense. I see a lot of movies that are meant to be commercial, but this one, this one was on a whole different level. They, they really, uh, they did something special here as far as being able to, as marketing, as far as marketing goes, they have really done something special and at least somewhat interesting. I think the problem is though, that the movie is just, it's just not that good. It's actually too ludicrous, if that's if that's even possible for a Vin Diesel movie. The The stunts are too over the top. And the action is just... It's just too much. People survive being hit directly by cars. They survive bullet wounds. They survive everything. And just... You expect it. You expect that there is going to be some crazy stuff. Because in... In the trailers, you can see Vindy's driving a motorcycle underwater. And you see somebody jump, you know, from like 75 feet up a a building through a window, land on the ground and run away. You see all kinds of crazy stuff. So you expect it, but when it's like crazy thing after crazy thing after crazy thing, it kind of, it gets to be a bit too much. One of the craziest things in the movie is everywhere he goes... Every girl that sees Vinny throws themselves at him. Now, this may be what it's like for him in real life being a movie star, but in reality, he is hes probably like 50 years old, and he's in great shape, but he's not in Zac Efron shape. He's not, you know, he's not Zac. He's not Baby Goose. He's Vin D's, but everywhere he goes, women are just their head over heels for him. There's one scene where he has... He has relations with like six supermodels at the same time. They're all just like throwing themselves on top of him, offering themselves up to, to Xander cage. And that, that to me may have been the craziest thing. It might not seem as crazy as driving a motorcycle underwater, but when you see it, if you see this movie, you're going to giggle at the amount of times some beautiful woman is just in Vin Diesel's face. It's, did he write this movie? Let's take a look. If he wrote this movie, and he wrote these scenes in for himself, then I gotta give him credit. But the movie was... Tomatoes does not list a writer for this movie. Does that make this like an Alan Smithy joint? I don't know. They don't... They don't put anyone on there. I'm gonna imagine... Vin Diesel has gotten to the point where he's like a, you know, producer. And I would imagine he has his hands in this in some way. So... Let's just say Vin Dies wrote himself a scene where six supermodels all, uh, all give up the goods because he's so dope in his fur, in his uh, fur coat. This movie was so silly. It would be great to see it in a situation where you can where you can sort of make fun of it as it goes along. It, it has that kind of it has that ability to it. It's just so over the top that it's so over the top that it really would be a perfect movie to you know quip and joke through the whole thing, but I'm not going to say it's not fun, because it is fun, and I did, I did have a good time watching it, it plays, it plays fast, it's moving from thing to thing to thing to thing, and if you just want to sit there, have a bit of a laugh, have a bit of fun, watching some insane, over-the-top stuff, then this is definitely for you, it's not bad in that sense, but it's not, it's not the kind of high-end action of like a Fast and Furious or something, it's sort of, Fast and Furious light in, in a lot of ways. It has the similarities, but it just doesn't have the same stuff that the original series had. It just doesn't. But it is, it is fun. What can I say? I didn't have a bad time. I left going, that was a bit silly and dumb, but at the same time, eh, I don't know. I didn't feel as if I wasted my time. So I'm going to go ahead and give it and I'm being a bit generous here, but I'm going to give it three, three mites. A good old three, three mites.
1: Prepare yourself for the power of the Retro Toy Roundup. A super close-up look at the toy line from the recent or not-so-recent past, all seen through the filter of Icy Robot's cybernetic eye.
0: It's been a while since we've done one of these. I think the last Retro Toy Roundup we did was about The Tick by Bandai, but I reached out. I, I've been needing some new topics lately. I, I feel like I'm running dry of, uh, you know, the main main event topic. So I reached out to one of my main dudes out there, uh, Engineer Nerd from Action Figure Blues, and I said, hey, my bro, give me give me some ideas, so he tossed a couple out there, and one of them really caught my eye, it was something known as James Bond Jr., and I wanna, I wanna say that since I've started doing this show, Engineer Nerd has been, he's been a very supportive figure, when, when we first started off, the, it was kinda slow going, and then he mentioned us on his show, Action Figure Blues, and things really started to take off from there. So I, I'm very, I, I feel like I owe him a lot of our, our success up until this point. He's a cool guy. He always always retweets our links. He's a real positive guy with his uh, finger on the, the pulse of what's going on podcast-wise. So why don't you just hop over and give him a follow? It's at EngineerNerd on Twitter. He He's got over like 2,000 followers now. Dude's really, dude's really making it to the big time. But anyway, he he tossed out some of these ideas, and they were all actually pretty good, but the one that caught my eye the most was James Bond Jr. This was this was a name I had heard before, but I wasn't I wasn't overly familiar with with the property, but the name the name alone caught my attention, so I said, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. I am going to do an in-depth look at James Bond Jr. Now, you might be asking yourself, axing yourself. Who is James Bond Jr.? Now, I know that I've heard of James Bond. I've seen a few movies with that guy in it before. But, who is James Bond Jr.? I didn't know that the guy had a son. Well, guess what? He didn't have a son. He has a nephew. James Bond Jr. is the teenage nephew of the man we know as James Bond. And, he had a cartoon of his very own that was produced by Murakami and Wolf. Who you might know as the producers of Strawberry Shortcake, The Chipmunks, and... More famously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The show ran for 65 episodes and started in September of 1991. We only got the one season. Isn't it crazy to think that at the time, a season of cartoons was 65 episodes? That is, that is so many, and I realize that they're half an hour, and they're relatively easy to produce, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but when you have like a Game of Thrones or one of these other shows you enjoy, you get like 12 13 episodes something like that but if you were into James Bond Jr you could check out 65 you could have over 30 hours of James Bond Jr it was one of those TV shows that would run in the afternoon when you came home from school i don't believe it ever had a saturday morning airing it was more of more of something in the line of like G.I. Joe or Transformers it would be on on the tube when you got home from school and the voice of James Bond Jr was somebody known as Corey Burton, this guy, now, I'm not going to go and say that his British accent was all that great, because, to be honest, it wasn't all that awesome, but our guy, he got the job done, and he had a lot of success as a voiceover actor, the The main thing he may be known for is, he was the voice of Dale on uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, he was also the ghost host of the Disney Haunted Mansion In, you know, actual Disneyland, they'd have, like, a narration. He was the voice of that. That's, that's something that, you know, if you've been to Disneyland, you've heard it. You know this guy. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen at least a couple episodes of Chip and Dale. So this guy, this guy, he's done some work that we've all heard. And ultimately, when you're an artist and you're out there, all you want is, like, for people to hear you and to know your work. So he did succeed on that level, And I'm sure that, you know, he was also making some snaps, which is, you know, equally, if not more important than having dudes hear your work. Let's be honest. As an artist, we all, we all want people to enjoy and like what we do. But I think that if given the opportunity to, to reach a larger audience and bring in some bread, that we would all jump at it. And dude, you know, he was, he was making that bread. He was collecting those, uh, checks and more power to him, you know, but let's get back to, let's get back to the matter at hand, James Bond Jr. So the basic idea is that James is the nephew of the, of the famous spy. Now, that right there, that's something you don't want to be, you don't want to be known as a famous spy. Maybe, maybe after your career is over and instead of, you know, being undercover, you're out there in the open and you write a book and people, people know about your exploits. That might be cool, but when you're out there, you know, working, working the job, you definitely don't want to be a famous spy. So James was the nephew of, of James, and he was off to university where he starts bumping into dudes who are all very similar to the dudes that his famous spy uncle worked with. I am talking, I'm talking about dudes like Horace I.Q. Boothroyd third. Now, that is a mouthful. Boothroyd. Boothroyd. That's not the greatest uh, last name ever, but if it's yours, I apologize because it's also not the worst ever. There are far worse, but Horace IQ Boothroyd, the 3rd is the great grandson of Q. When I say great grandson, I actually meant grandson. If he was the great, he would be Horace IQ Boothroyd the 4th, and he is he's a scientific genius, much like his grandfather. He's coming up with all sorts of all sorts of amazing gadgets every single day. He's also one of James Jr.'s best friends. He's quick-witted and highly logical. He's the one. He's, you know, the voice of reason out there and the the main conflict of the show is James is fighting against scum now. Scum is somebody that we might know from the the more famous James Bond series. Scum is an acronym, of course. It stands for da da da. Saboteurs, criminals, united in mayhem. I had that wrote, written down and I, I could not read the word criminals. And I'm trying to quickly think what the, what the C might be for. Crooks, uh, crackerjacks, Jacks, uh, Criminy, I don't know. But they are Saboteurs, Crooks, united in mayhem. It's interesting that dudes who are, you know, they're so wild. They always, they always find ways to unify. But I guess when we see things like this, there's always trouble in in these super villain groups, they don't they don't stay together for long. But James also encountered other dudes who are familiar, 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 familiar is what I'm trying to say that are familiar to us from from the previous published or filmed James Bond works. I'm talking I'm talking about Jaws. You know the dude with the metal teeth. He's in this, and they call him a dim witted villain whose trademark steel teeth destroy almost anything he'd choose. I, I actually saw him once. I saw the actor who, who plays him. We were at a, we were at a small time comic show in Concord. I think it was called Concord Con. It was, it was in a hotel lobby and I don't even know why we drove down there. I mean, it's always fun and I got some memories out of it, but they had, they had the fellow who played him sitting in a chair behind a desk, um, autographing pictures. I want to find out his name. I, Apologize for not having that, and I apologize that you can hear me, sort of tapping around. Oh, Richard Keel is his name, and the guy is very tall, and he has a real menacing air about him, especially you know when he has these metallic teeth in. But we saw him, we saw him at Concord Con, and I remember that it was a bit, it was a bit sad because he was. This was toward the tail end of his time here on Earth, and you could see. You could see that he was he wasn't doing so well physically, and they had to wheel him about in a chair and I guess you know maybe he wanted to be out there, and he wanted to see some fans you know maybe maybe something like that will give him a nice pickup. but I remember being a bit saddened to see such such a dude who inspired so much fear in others you know in in, in a in i guess in in the waning days of his life, it was a bit of a bummer um let's see there's also auric Goldfinger, who you might know from Goldfinger the famed James Bond movie, the famed one, to me, as far as it, because when I was younger, I had the soundtrack for this on, on LP, I have no idea why, but I had the LP for this, and on the cover, gold finger. was a, uh, a sexy gal in a, man. you know, in a, like, spray-painted gold, wearing a gold bikini, it was really great, it was one of, one of my favorite things, but this guy... He's still in it too, and not only does James fight Auric, he goes at it with Goldyfinger, who with Goldfinger's spoiled and equally crooked daughter, as well as Oddjob. Oddjob is the dude who was played by Professor Toru Tanaka, who was a famed wrestler at the time. He, he was a man of Asian descent who wore a bowler hat, and he would take said hat and throw it at people with daily accuracy. He He could cold chop your head right off if he had to. He, he was, he was bad to the bone. Dude was one of my favorite, favorite Bond villains. I, I've never been like a big James Bond dude. I didn't, I didn't watch the movies, but I had a James Bond role-playing game that for whatever reason I was really obsessed with. I didn't have anyone to play it with. No one wanted to play with me, but I enjoyed going through the book and reading Reading the statistics of the various Bond characters, like, who was stronger, Job or Jaws? I'm going to say job, Even though, even though Jaws did at times have, like, superhuman strength, I also enjoyed, you know, checking out, like, the different guns that Bond had and his cars and comparing their stats. When, when you didn't have, like, a lot of, like, role-playing friends, it was always just down to you to go through the book yourself and just compare things, compare who was stronger, who was faster. It was, it was always cool to, like, take something that was popular in a movie and then getting to, like, put it into a role-playing book so you can see, like, quantifiable statistics for, for dudes. I would, I would be curious about something like that today, like, if they made, like, a Fast and the Furious role-playing game and we got to see, like, who is actually stronger, Dom Toretto or The Rock? Who is... Who's faster, Paul Walk or Tony Jaw? You know, I'd like to see all the characters from that broken down. Anywho, let's uh let's take a quick pause right now and check out check out a bit from the VHS Vault from James Bond Jr.
1: of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. It's game over. GeekFest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes,
0: YouTube, and at geekfestrants.com. Geekfest Rants absolutely gets the highest IC robots radio recommendation. It's a fun show. It comes out regularly. It's very informative. It's very well produced. The the hosts are knowledgeable. I I recommend it, man. Hop on over to GeekFestRants.com. So let's uh let's talk about what we got to talk about today. And what we got to talk about right now is James Bond Jr. and the toy line that it spawned. It was a it was a Hasbro, uh, sort of thing, and it seems like, man, everything, everything is Hasbro. It used to be, you know, you'd have Kenner, and Tomy, and Knickerbocker, and all these other, all these other toys, but now, it's just Hasbro, Mattel, a bit of Funko, I don't know, I, I want to go back, I want to go back, I want to go down to Kmart, and I want to see Rimco on the shelf, I want to see Migo on the shelf, but don't we all... Don't we all want to, want to time travel? So what we got is, it was a one-line thing. It came out for one series, one series only. It was in 1991, produced by Hasbro. Like I just said, a moment ago. Let's, let's take a look at what you got. I am actually going to have to, uh, I'm gonna have to print this out. It's, my internet's been giving me trouble. I'm gonna have to print this out, and then we will take a look at it. Hold on, un momento, for fast, or Alright, I am back. I apologize for that, and I appreciate you waiting in there, and man, some of this technology we got up here is really great. We have transporters, and we have a hydroponics lab, and we have all kinds of great stuff, but at the same time, we're still using dot matrix printers and Commodore 64s. I do appreciate the retro, and I like it, but when your workstation has an Amiga, you're just not getting that much done, but let's see let's see what we have. We got some action figures. We got six, and then they came out, uh, later with an additional six in the, uh, first series. So, you got, you got some bad guys. You got Captain Walker D. Plank, and he's kind of a pirate guy, and then you got, you got IQ, also Dr. Derange, Dr. No. Now, this isn't the Dr. No that you know. This guy's green. You have Gordo Leader and James Bond. Let's Let's see what we got here. So, Captain Walker D. Plank is a pirate with a red mohawk. And he comes, he comes with a grappling hook. And Dr. Derange, he is, uh, he's like a, a Caucasian fella in a green suit, green like armored suit. And he has, he has some kind of like an energy shield. And Dr. No is some kind of green alien with like a spiky fist. This guy looks evil. And then you have, this was my favorite character, my favorite figure out of the whole series, uh... Gordo Leader, this guy, he's like the skate dude, you know, he's like a, he's like a Spicoli, like a, what's up, dude, kind of, kind of skateboard guy, he has a blonde mullet and a black, a black t-shirt with a green skull on it, and he has, he has a, like a, a trucked out skateboard that, that IQ made for him, you know, uh, Hornsworth Jr., or whatever that guy's name was, you know, the gadget guy, and then, to round out the six, you have James himself, and he's wearing... He's wearing a red t-shirt and a brown leather jacket. And he has, he has like some gadgets with him. It's not, it's not an extraordinary figure. And it does, it does look like his gun is molded into his hand, which is not something I enjoy. But I can't tell from here because this printout is blurry, man. When you get, when you have like a dot matrix printer, it's really hard to make out the details. I, I don't even know how I knew that that guy's hair was red and the other guy the other guy was green. Now, we shall uh, examine the following six, which is kind of a lot of the same dudes, but in different outfits. For example, you have James Bond in flight gear. This is James Bond Jr. Don't do don't think that we have, you know, the real James. It's just like him in an alternate suit. Then you have James Bond Jr. in ninja gear. James Bond Jr. in scuba gear. Jaws. This is an all-new figure. This is cool, man. You get, like, this Richard Keel... Jaws action figure that looks absolutely nothing like Richard Keel. He's kind of stout. He has a flat head. But he does, he does have metallic teeth. And then you get, uh, James's, uh, you know, his martial arts instructor. His general, general fitness partner. This is, uh, his name is Buddy Mitchell. He's wearing, like, a blue top and some red sweatpants. He's, you know, he's the dude James would work out. And then, then you have what is, you know, more than likely the the jewel of the collection, you have Odd job, and Homie is, he is straight up in hip-hop gear, he has a fedora, like a Run-DMC style fedora that he can throw, he's wearing a gold chain, he has two four-finger rings, and I don't know, man, this is, this is a beauty of a figure, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen this figure anywhere, because even though I'm not, like, overly familiar with the line, I know for sure, if I saw a guy with four finger rings that say odd job as well as a chain you know big dookie rope chain i'm going for it but this part of the line is really not i don't um i don't like it when they come out with variants of the main character like when you had the batman animated and they came out with like a million different like ninja batman and all these weird weird batmans you have that right here too with um with james jr the guy he goes from he goes from an orange outfit to wearing like a green ninja suit to like a yellow suit. It's it's heinous. I I cannot I cannot approve of any of those James variants, but I will I will give a big thumbs up to Jaws and Odd Job. The only one that I actually own is Buddy Mitchell. I remember I bought him at a flea market like out of a out of a quarter pile because I was like, who is this guy? I do not I do not have any familiarity with this character, and I bought it and I brought it home and I looked it up and I'm like, oh, James Bond Jr., that's kind of neat, I guess. Then, then we're gonna, we're gonna start, we're gonna start wrapping up this piece here. You have a couple vehicles. You have the Scum Shark, and this is sort of a motorcycle, and it has a, has a missile that shoots out of the front, a spring-loaded missile, which is really neat. Then you have, you have James's sports car, and I really, I really like this. It's like a sporty, sporty convertible. It's red, and it has machine guns in the front, and like wheel spikes on the side, I, I love a tricked out car, that is, that's one of my favorite things, I love it when a car has like smoke bombs, and an ejector seat, and machine guns, just, just fantastic stuff right there, and this is another one I've never actually seen on the secondary market, I'm sure, now, I did, I went and I checked on all these things on eBay, and nothing, nothing's too pricey You can get, like, a carded guy for, like, 15 bucks. I saw some as low as 10 bucks. The vehicles, they're not much more expensive, but this is, uh, this is a neat one here. It's called the Subcycle, and it is a motorcycle that also goes underwater, and I can, I can dig that too, man. I, I like it when a land vehicle also converts into a water vehicle. Just really fun. You could... There is a scene. I think I might have talked about this earlier in Triple X, where they they're riding motorcycles. Triple uh, X and Donny Yin, and then all of a sudden they're going on the water, and the motorcycles get they get skis, and somehow by turning the wheels of the cycle, they are able to like propel themselves over over the water. It was like a ludicrous fun, but if you have the sub cycle, you can you can recreate that scene with the James Bond Junior action figures. And the final item we have in the line is not so much a vehicle as it is a cosplay accessory. It is the Hot Shot CD player. And I really dig this. It looks like looks like a standard CD player, like a Walkman, a Discman rather, that you would wear on your hip. But when you reach down into it, the control of the Discman is, in fact, a gun. A working cap gun. I really do like that. I think that's pretty neat. Um... As I understand it, the, the pistol is a very close approximation of what, what James's actual gun was. And I can really dig that, too, because back in the day, it was kind of hard to get, like, realistic cosplay accessories. Nowadays, everything's replicated. But back, back in the 90s, you really had to struggle for stuff. And this might put you one step closer to being James Bond Jr. If that was a dream of yours, I mean, all you got to do is wear some jeans, leather jacket, brown one... Then you get like a red shirt and pretty much you're it. You all you gotta do is if you like take your Halloween costume when you dress as Schwarzenegger from the last action hero, alter it a bit, and there you have it, your James Bond Jr. be great. So I guess that's it. I guess that's the line. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but it is fun. There are some cute figures in it. There there are a million worse toy lines than this, I'll say that. And if you want to get into it, the the price point is affordable and that's always neat. I bet you, you could get all the figures carded and all the vehicles boxed for, for less than 200 bucks and that's not bad if you're, you know, if you are the completest type, but we're out, man. Let's move into the final segment of the show, which is known as the Toys R Us Report. Do you ever think about
1: when you're out oh, yeah. here? Blue- yap face out here. me and G.I. Joe out here. No doubt, I.S.R. is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time the final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us report
0: to think back when, back when that dude A.B. Silver and Pooptronics were running the the content of the show. Maybe maybe this segment had a better name. What was it? The Pooptronics Cellular Pop Culture slash Toy News Update? Something like that? Hold, hold on. I, I, have, I, have a, I have a cassette right here. Let, let me find it. Let's see. Hold on.
1: The Pooptronic Cellular Pop Culture Slash Toy News Informational Moment.
0: I think that might have been a more apropos name for this segment. Maybe, maybe I'll bring that back. I don't know. I don't think I will. Possibly, I might. Who knows? Do you think I should hit me up on Twitter? Let me know if you think I should. If I should bring that back, should I? Should I pay respect to some of the great ideas that A. B. Silver had? The dude wasn't a creative genius, but he did his best, and I, you know, I, I appreciate that. He. He probably had his own best interest at heart, but still, he did what he thought was best as far as show production. It wasn't the best, but he, he thought it was. So, let's see what's going on, man. I saw Riverdale. Did you guys watch that? I, I thought it was awesome. I liked it so much. As you know, I have, over the past year or so, become the biggest Archie fan in the world. Archie is sort of ruling my life at the moment as far as, as far as, like, pop culture input. I think I'm reading, uh, Archie-wise, I read Jughead every month, Betty and Veronica every month, and Archie every month, as well as I get the Archie Digest over at, at Safeway, you know, the big, the thick one. It's kind of a smaller book, like a paperback book size. I get that every month. So, man, all I read recently is Archie and the Wrestling Observer, essentially, and Figure Four Weekly. I read that too. <laughs> my my interests are are not that vast as of right now, and it's even it's even going to get more so, uh, you know, in, in in into that hole because Riverdale started on the CW network. This is another Greg Berlanti show. Greg Berlanti does. All of the DCW shows that we know and love. You know, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, just the whole thing. And he added an Archie show, uh, right now. And it was so much fun. It's a dark and, like, moody take on Archie. Riverdale seems to be in, like, Washington State. It's overcast all the time. There's fog. It's, it's dark. And... The take on the show is dark, but I think that's fine. One of the ways Archie has survived as a character, as long as he has, is that he is very adaptable. I mean, the dude has time traveled. The dude has been a spy. The guy has been a ghost hunter. The dude, at one time, was was a cyborg. He was half robot, half teen. He has been so many things, so... Doing, like, a Twin Peaks take on the, on the idea isn't, you know, it's not completely outlandish. It goes, goes with the flow of what, you know, people are into. And that's, you know, that's how Archie has been around for 70 plus years. The, the show is a murder mystery. It begins with Cheryl Blossom, that's the redhead. Her brother, her brother gets, uh, mysteriously, he passes away in a boating accident. And, The whole town is in mourning for him. It's a small town where everybody seems to know each other. And having a, you know, like a popular high school student pass away, it really affects everybody. The whole town is in a state of mourning, and everything is not as it seems. It may not be simply a boating mishap. And at the same time, a new character has moved into the town of Riverdale. This character is somebody who goes by the name of Veronica Lodge. Who you all know of, Betty and Veronica Fame. Uh, Veronica is rich. Her family has lost a large part of their fortune. It seems like her dad, Mr. Lodge, is some kind of a some kind of like a Bernie Madoff schemer. And while they do have a lot of money, it does seem as if they have lost the large part of the fortune fortune. So Veronica's mom, Hermione Lodge, is moving back to Riverdale, where she grew up, and throwing Throws her daughter, Ronnie, into the mix. And there is also Betty Cooper, who we all know and love. The delightful Betty Cooper, who is... She's getting ready to tell Archie her feelings. She has feelings for her lifelong pal Archie, and she's going to tell him. And just as this is about to go down, Veronica moves in. And Archie, uh, she catches Archie's eye. Archie's kind of a hunk in this. He He has abs. He's buffed. He's one of those big-shoulder, small-waisted guys with abs. He has red hair. He, he's a dreamboat. It seems as if every girl's into him, which is, which is cool. We we talked about that a few episodes. Archie, Archie must be, you know, he must be a hunk. Uh, all the girls seem like they go for him. But, um, the, the addition of Veronica into the mix really throws things into chaos. And that is, you know, the central story of the Archie universe. And, it works in a comic, it works here. It's just, it is a story that, you know, will stand the test of time. And even in this format, it works. It's, the show has really good production values. The The DCW shows are good, and they get a lot out of being on TV. They have, you know, decent effects. Everything is fine. I never have any complaints about that. But the the Riverdale production is even one notch above that, I think. There aren't... There's not special effects, but everything is shot really well. The scenery, just it works. Everything works. It's uh, a very high quality show. It's almost a NBC, CBS, you know, that kind of level show. If you saw it over there, you wouldn't think that it that it wasn't up to snuff. Which, if you took you know Flash and put it on CBS, it might not look like up to the up to the CBS standards. I thought this was cool, man. I recommend checking it out. It might be a good show to watch, you know, with like, you know, like a lady friend, like your wife or somebody because it has murder and it has intrigue, but it also has broken hearts and romance. It works on a lot of the levels. I, I don't mind like tales of romance. I'll be honest with you. I think that, I think that we all, we all have romantic thoughts and romantic feelings. There's nothing wrong with that. And even, even as men we have a need for love. Everybody needs love and everybody can enjoy a good love story and this this triangle between the three of them is just you know it's just a great story. It's always always nice to see what they're up to. I am also really enjoying the new uh Archie comics. I I get these over at Comics for the Win for my man Chris and these are great too, the Betty and Veronica comic. It's only on I think episode issue He's two right now. Maybe three is in my box. I haven't been over there in a couple of weeks, but I've only read up to number two, and this is great too. The The conflict in this is that Veronica's dad, Mr. Lodge, is trying to shut down Pop's Chocolate Shop, and Betty was leading the leading the charge to keep the shop open. You know, she was doing all kinds of community action to keep this this beloved hamburger shop open, and then she finds out that it's Veronica's family that's behind shutting down Pop Chocolate Shop the whole time. And the whole time she hadn't been saying, oh, it's off the hook, man. She's she's going to kill Ronnie. And I, I'm i digging it. I got this comic. I read it. I thought it was fantastic. It was so good. I had to give it to the old wife and go, hey, read this. Just read this right now. It's a comic book. It'll take uh, eight minutes. One time, one time when I was a kid, I remember doing this and I have no idea why. I, I sat down with five different comic books and... They were, like, different sorts. I made sure to pick different kinds of comics to get, like, a real reading. One of them was, like, a Who's Who, and one was Spider-Man. One was, like, Camelot 3000. And I I read each one, and I timed myself reading them in a normal manner. And then I averaged it out to see how long it took to read a comic. I think it was, like, seven minutes from beginning to end was the average. Uh, The Who's Who kind of kind of threw things off, but I had to be real when I read The Who's Who, so I didn't read it cover to cover. I skipped around and read the ones that I would read. I'll always go back and read them all, but there's the ones that you read at first before you move on. Move on to uh, Jughead, or, or Archie, or whatever's next. I don't know, dude. I am just in love with the Archie universe right now. It's so exciting because it's been around forever. I keep going back to that, but it just... It's it's so interesting to me that this thing has been around for so long and it's a comic and I read comics obsessively and I'm just now discovering it. How did this, how did this happen? It's like, it's like being a WWE fan and never knowing that they wouldn't be WCW, that would be like Marvel and DC, but it'd be like all of a sudden you discover, oh my gosh, New Japan exists. I've never heard of this thing in my entire life ever even once as far as well I've heard of it that wasn't that wasn't correct at all I had heard of it but all of a sudden this thing that I never had even a second of interest in is now interesting to me and I get to go through the entire entire back catalog it's just exciting man I don't know I'm I'm into it uh what else is going on check out Riverdale just do it do yourself a favor. I know they put all the stuff on the CW app. If you have the Roku, they have a CW app also, and you can watch every show there. I watch it on cable. But what I'm saying is they make all their shows available, so there's no reason not to watch it. Just do it. Get get your computer, get your get an HDMI cable, plug it into your TV, go go Gino Vega style and do it like that when he's watching New Japan World, when he's watching Fantastica Mania, or whatever it is he's always always posting about. You wanna you want to go give that dude, go on to uh, Facebook, look up Gino Vega, and you want to become friends with him. He posts a lot of fun stuff about wrestling, Japanese wrestling usually, and it's always weird. You know what he posted on his page the other day? His uh, his daughter drew a picture of Jack Gallagher's bikini shorts. He's a WWE guy, He he's British, he plays like he's a classic gent. And he wears these rainbow bikini shorts and she drew a picture of him and it's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. So hop on over and give that dude a uh, friend request or whatever you, whatever you call it on Facebook. Anyway, just do that. Gino Vega Facebook, uh, Mr. Sensational. Gino Vega Podcast here on the IC Robots Radio Network. I'm getting drained. I feel drained right now. I've been, I've been sitting here talking for a long time. I'm, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to head for the hills next week. We have a special presentation, though, that I think that, I think you guys are all going to be into. I'm going to throw out This Boring Life, number three, next Wednesday, in lieu of a new Toys Us report. This one is about bowling. My love of bowling, my history of bowling. It is a fun episode. I had such a good time recording this. I had so many bowling stories, just, there, and it's not, I know what you think, oh, bowling, who wants to talk about that? Just... It's good, man. It's about pinball, video games, hanging out at bowling alleys, just all sorts of stories from back in the day. It's a great episode, and I made some interesting soundscapes, like backgrounds. I try to recapture what it sounded like in the bowling alley when I was, you know, back there playing Pinbot and Miss Pac-Man. It's good. You're going to enjoy that. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday here at ICRobots.com. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at... I see robots. That's I S E E robots. As if I am scanning the horizon with my hand above my eyebrows, looking at robots coming forward. It is like that. So, this is me for iceberg engineer Emily. Everybody here on the Jupiter moon base. This is episode number one hundred and eight. James Bond Jr. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots Radio production.